Welcome to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. I'm Gabby. And I'm Sarah. And we are two physical therapy students on our journey to get that DPT debt free. And our vision for you is to get through PT school on your first try without any debt. Join us as we navigate through the insanity of physical therapy school together. Welcome to another episode of Gratitude, everyone. And for today's episode, we have two very special guests with us. And we are so excited to have Megan and Sierra on the podcast today. So thank you, ladies, for coming on. Thank you so much for having us. We're so excited. And like Abby and I, and you know, all of us were talking about before we started recording, it's so funny how everybody gets connected. And we were interviewing Jasmine Marcus the other day and she's like, oh yeah, these, these two like pre-PTs, I helped with their essays and whatever. And we're like, oh my God, we should have them on the podcast. And so here we are. <laughs> That's how that all works out. Yeah. It's so funny. Um, and if you want to start, can we start with, first of all, um, just you ladies can tell a little bit about yourselves and um, what just happened this last week with undergrad and everything. Yeah, so Megan and I are both, we were pre-physical therapy students and now we just graduated from undergrad and we'll be starting our PT programs in July. Yeah, we also have um, two different YouTube channels that we've been doing for a very long time. So we have one channel called The Channel 62, which we shortened to TC2. And we've been doing that with our cousin, making mostly cheer, gymnastics, and fitness-related videos since, like, 2011, so when we were in middle school. And then we also have a channel where me and Sierra just vlog, and that's been really good for us to just, like, keep track of life during undergrad and different things that we did. We would vlog a lot, and also we have a couple of videos where we shared our journey with starting physical therapy school and applying. We have a whole video about that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of what we do. We also have a podcast. And yeah, you ladies are doing so much. Like I am just blown away. Okay. So I <laughs> just want to say, first of all, kudos to you two for like getting into this so early. What, so how old were you then? You were like 13 when you started 12. We were in seventh grade. So we were 12. 12. 12. Oh my God. And how old are you now? We're 20 just to like put a time frame to it. <laughs> yeah, pretty well. All right. <laughs> um, what made you want to start that initial YouTube channel? I think that what we did all the time when we went, like hung out with our cousin Maggie, we would always record videos together and edit them on iMovie. But for a while, we didn't have anywhere to post them. And eventually we were like, well, let's just post them on YouTube. So we made a YouTube channel together. I think we kind of forgot about it for a little bit. But Megan and I kind of remembered it a little while later, and we are like, oh, we should start posting on it. And I honestly don't know how we started exactly, but we just started posting and kind of picked up from there. Like, once we had more of a following and we'd, like, actually consistently get comments, then we'd be like, oh, like, we should make another video and, like, post it again so, like, the same people can, like, keep watching the videos. And I think that the consistency that we had pretty early on, and the fact that, I'm, like, back then, I don't think there were that many like specific cheer gymnastics channels. It was like, we were one of the only people posting, I guess. And so I think that's why we were able to start getting a following. That's amazing. And especially starting so early and just, you know, getting the whole idea of posting on YouTube, like editing the videos and, and just seeing the transformation over time. And this is over years of time, yeah. seeing uh, the growth and 
just like seeing videos from the beginning because I don't know about you guys, but you know, when you look at your, you know, very beginning uh, videos or even podcast episodes, it's like, oh, that didn't, that wasn't great. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're cringy, <laughs> but uh, just to see the growth and um, to put into perspective, like yes, you know, numbers and analytics are really awesome, but I'm kind of giving like that timeline of hitting those big goals. So where are you today in regards to like subscribers and and all that? Yeah, so our larger channel that we have with our cousin is called TC2, and that just hit two million subscribers, I think, two weeks ago. That was really exciting for us. Unfortunately, we couldn't get together to celebrate, <laughs> but it was still a really good milestone to hit. And then our channel with just us, which is just Megan and Sierra, um, that is around 340,000 subscribers, I believe. Nice. And although we don't like to focus on the analytics, like you said, it's so exciting. Like you hit 2 yeah. million from your original channel. Did you say like a few weeks ago? Yeah, yeah. it was like two weeks ago. Okay, just for the people listening in the future, it is May of 2020 <laughs> as we are recording <laughs> this. So that's what, you know, nine years later <laughs> Yeah. after the origin. I think that's amazing. And so what are your thoughts going forward now with whatever, one or both channels? Like, what do you think you want to do, especially with PT school coming soon? Yeah. yeah, that's definitely something we've had to think about. I also think that the pandemic in a way makes things harder to think about what we're doing because as far as Megan and Sierra, I definitely see us being able to continue vlogging and like showing our experience in PT school as opposed to just showing undergrad because I think it's a pretty natural transition. I think TC2 will be more of the question mark in terms of we can't get together probably as often to film with our cousin because we like to all get together. So I don't know. Yeah, I think that, I mean, especially like you said with the pandemic, like is how we're starting our school year. It's like, even if we come up with a plan for right now, that's going to have to change um, maybe as just things start changing. We've had a lot of different options that we could maybe like tackle, I guess, as far as like posting less frequently or potentially doing like me and Sierra posting a video on TC2 and then our cousin Maggie posting separately and not necessarily always being together. Um, we've talked about maybe hiring an editor so that way, you know, editing videos is what takes the most time. So if we cut back on that, then that would allow us more time to focus on schoolwork. Um, so I think that we, that's all been things that we've been exploring, but until we really have everything yeah. on our plate at the same time, we won't really know where we need to go. So I think that Maggie's definitely open to knowing that we need to focus on school and we're all just going to work our way through it. Yeah. I wish I had a better answer because we've thought about that a lot. Even though like going into undergrad, like when things changed the first time, we were all in high school doing it, you know, every weekend is when we film. And going into undergrad, we we're like, I'm not sure how we're going to do this, but we, you know, here we are three years later and we did it. So I don't know. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. And that's totally fine. Like, and you've obviously thought about it, right? So I think it's cool that first of all, you have options. And like you said, going from high school to undergrad, you thought, eh, maybe we can't do this. Like, not sure how it's going to go. And here you are, another transition. It's okay. Same thoughts. You'll just have to take it day by day. And mm -hmm see what happens. And for everyone, um, especially going with your background, so how did both of you, you know, want to do physical therapy and kind of your journey from the beginning um, to now about to start PT school? Yeah, so I'm not going to lie. My first <laughs> exposure to physical therapy was not by going myself. Actually, I've never gone to physical therapy myself. It was when I was watching Grey's Anatomy, and I think one of, I think Arizona Robbins, like, went to 
PT after she like lost her leg. And I was like, that's actually like kind of cool. And so that's kind of what piqued my interest and had me like looking into the field a little bit more. And then senior year is when we really got into it because our school does a program. It's kind of like similar to school to work, but not exactly where you can explore ours with like exercise science fields. And so I got to do some job shadowing for physical therapy and kind of get exposed to the field a little bit more that way. Yeah, mine was more so, so I have had physical therapy experience in the past. I've never had anything like major, but definitely like I've gone to physical therapy multiple times just for small injuries here and there, um, usually related to gymnastics. And I just know that like every time I went, I was like, this seems like such a cool work environment. I loved all the PTs that I was working with. And so I was like, this seems like just such a great job to have. And then also like it worked for me personally. So I was just like, this is something that I believe in. And so again, I also did the school to work program our senior year. And the more we shadowed, especially in like different settings, I was like, wow, this isn't even like just what I like thought it was as far as like outpatient, um, which is what my experience was. But I was like, there's like inpatient, there's so many different things that I could like go into. And I really liked the job versatility. So that was what like has helped me stick with it. And I just think it's great to encourage people to move, use their own bodies to get better. And so that's, I guess, why we chose PT. I love that. And I love that you have different stories, right? So like how long, first of all, I should have prefaced with this question. How long have you guys been doing gymnastics and cheerleading or, or like involvement in sports? Mm-hmm. So we started gymnastics when we were eight years old and then did it all the way through high school. And then we started doing high school cheer our freshman year and did that until our junior year. We didn't do cheer our senior year. Yeah. And we were active in like soccer briefly when we were younger, but it's mostly been gymnastics through high school. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Very cool. I love that. Um, And so what is your school to work program? I think it makes me feel so old. I don't know about you, Gabby, but I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah. So our program is actually like pretty innovative for like the entire state. It's called Apex and we went to Waukee High School. And so they actually have other school districts from the around the area that come and like send their students to Apex because it's such a unique program. Like they built a whole new separate building, like separate from the high school. So it's like a business hub. It's like where you can meet business professionals that like want students to go intern or work for them. And we never got to use the building because it took longer for them to build than they were expecting. But we did get to like see it once. And it's just like, there's like labs and like weight training stations for the other people that are in different programs. And Um, They have a couple different things, like they have like a medical focused one, they have a more business focused one. I can't name all of them because I think that made even more since we graduated high school. So we did the exercise science one and people in that program were kind of focused on physical therapy, athletic training. I think someone was focused on like dietetics or something. And I mean, we were like the first people kind of in like our program. So it was kind of a test to see like what they wanted to do. And so we got to go into our different athletic facilities and job shadowing, if you could set that up. And sometimes they would take us to like different universities nearby, like Drake or Iowa State, and we would go look at the kinesiology department. They would have professors like maybe showing us around their lab and different things that they were working on. So even if it wasn't like specifically physical therapy related, there'd be things that we would do as a class that would still be related to exercise science. And then there were also days where we had like a lot of experience, like me and Sierra, since we were more interested in PT, we could go and shadow during that time during our school day. And so that was really nice too. That's incredible that your high school did that. And just having that exposure so early is really important. And uh, my, my high school had something very similar where we would just, 
you know, get out of class early and you're able to like go shadow and it's something that you want to do instead of sitting in class. Um, and uh, that's really cool that you're able to do that and, and have that and just learn. But now that you're about to start school in, uh, in a few months, uh, for both of you, what is one thing you're really excited about and one thing you're nervous about? I think what I'm really excited or what I'm really excited about is getting to meet our cohort and kind of like get to experience this new journey together. And I think it'll be nice to kind of transition from being in like that competitive mind state of like, you know, having to be at the top of your class to now being like, we're all in this together. And we can like all help each other out. Yeah, I would agree with Sierra, especially having our group chat that we just started. I just feel like I already feel like we have a good vibe to our class and that I'm excited to meet everyone. And hopefully even just like since we can't all see each other in person, at least through texting, maybe we can get to know each other a little bit easier. And then when we meet in person, it's like picking up right on top. Um, and then something that I would say I'm nervous about is just like not fully knowing like what to expect, I guess, is like, I know it's going to be harder. So I'm not necessarily like nervous for it to be harder because I'm prepared for it but I don't fully know like what are my days going to look like? What are the classes structured like? So just different things where I'm like, I don't fully know what to expect. I guess what I'm nervous about, I would say that before, but I think now in like the midst of, you know, everything going on, I'm kind of like nervous to see how things are online to start because I think that will be very interesting to be thrown into like this new environment, but also it's online. It'll be interesting for sure. We've had so many conversations <laughs> with students like, oh my God, we're starting PT school on the internet. Like we're not seeing our classmates or professors <laughs> or anybody and not knowing like, well, you guys have been on the internet for a while. So like you're semi-familiar, even if you, have you had an online class before? Yeah, we've taken probably three or four online classes during undergrad, I think. Okay. So you kind of know what, how it goes. The last six weeks of this semester, we're all online. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> True. And there you go. You've already had a little bit of a head start compared to all the other people who like have been on, you know, working or whatever. Yeah. And that would preparing. be hard for sure to yeah. come back and it's like online and you haven't been in school for a couple years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Either way, I'm so excited for both of you. I know that I remember back when like I first started PT school and I had all the same thoughts. I was like, oh my God, how is this going to go? Like, I don't know what to expect. And especially now there are more unknowns, right? And, but everybody is going through the unknowns together. So it's kind of calming, I guess. Not calming, but like... Comforting. Uh, yeah, a little yeah. bit comforting, which is nice. But yeah, Gabby, can you even imagine starting PT school online right now? Honestly, it would be really weird because, you know, everyone is now online and just making that transition for all of us from the classroom to online. It's just... I would be really excited, but like you both said, just figuring out like what to expect, especially going into first semester. And do you have anatomy or are there other classes as well? So we start off with a shorter summer session. That's about a month. Yeah. So there's no anatomy going on during that time. I think we have like three relatively like introductory courses before kind of jumping into stuff in the fall semester. And as far as I know, anatomy starts in the fall when they're planning on being in person. Yeah. But obviously they can only plan to be in person and we won't really know until the future. Gets closer. Got it. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely a, it's going to be a transition for everybody. I mean, even just starting online and then going uh, back to in person whenever that may be, yeah. but it will definitely be, definitely be a really good experience. And for, so you said for your YouTube channel, like you see 
at least your page with doing more vlogs and um, anything else that you that you see your YouTube channel like getting to when you're like when you're getting through PT school or when you're done with PT school? I don't know. I think we kind of still like to keep that channel relatively simple. That's why we like to vlog so much because it's just kind of like our lives are the content. So that's why I think it'd be really cool to record like the process of PT school because as far as I know, like I haven't run into too many like PT school vloggers. And then also just like when we graduate, I feel like we can still like continue to vlog. Yeah. I mean, I've still seen like, I see doctors doing like day in their life videos or whatever it may be like as they can. So I don't know. I feel like we're always just like used to wanting to share what we're up to. And so however that ends up happening in the future, I'm not fully sure. Um, otherwise I could definitely see ourselves wanting to make, you know, Q and A's of like, once we've had the experience of going through PT school, like how can we help other people that are going through the same thing and just like trying to be a resource to as many people as possible, even once we do graduate from PT school. So definitely like a mix of still vlogging, whatever we're doing. And then also I think we could do sit down videos and I don't know, any other ideas? the options are limitless. (laughs) There's just so much that goes on in PT school. And you're right. There aren't very many PT school vloggers. There are a handful. Um, Just to give a little shameless shout out to Ruben. We just interviewed him last week. Justin Lee, he's finally a DPT and he moved down to Hawaii. And then Goia, I can never say his name right because he (laughs) just had some like odd handle, uh, Goia365 or something like that. Um, someone that I had followed, but that's why Gabby and I started this. Cause there were none. We were like, yeah. why isn't there anything out there about a day in the life of a PT student? So I'm excited for when you guys make whatever it may be. It'll help a lot of people. Yeah. I think it'll be a fun process. It will be <laughs> Gabby. Any other thoughts on that or other people I missed? I'm so sorry. I know there are more PT school <laughs> vloggers. Oh, Shern and Canal, um, other PT school vlog. What was that? I think I've seen their stuff on YouTube. Stern and Canal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tony, we just... Oh, Antonio Sanson. He, well, he's a PTA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm sure in the future, by the time this is released, there are other people. You guys, just reach out to us if you're a YouTube blogger person for PT school. Uh, we'll share it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Share the wisdom. Oh, yes. So what have been some other skills that you guys have learned to like market yourself, market your your page. Like I know you both said you were, you've been doing video editing. Are there any other skills that you've learned, you know, since starting your podcast and your, your uh, page? Yeah. So I think that for us personally, like we are very much like a one man band kind of deal. We don't have any like outside managers, editors, videographers. We've kind of taught ourselves how to do everything. We film everything ourselves to the best of our abilities. And we've learned how to edit by looking at YouTube tutorials. And Megan also just does like a lot of podcast marketing stuff herself. I mean, I just, as far as like making graphics and stuff, I've just been utilizing like PicMonkey has like templates that I like, okay, perfect. Let me just use these, customize them. And then that gives us something to post besides just like episode shout outs being like, hey, go watch our episode. I've also been using Procreate too. Yeah, I've been trying to learn Procreate, but that's been a struggle. Um, And then also as far as like marketing for YouTube, we got probably lucky in the beginning, I think, and just like the YouTube algorithm worked in our favor. And now that we have a larger audience, like that automatically helps. So I wish I had like more marketing tips as far as that. But the the number one thing that me and Sierra always say when people ask about YouTube is like, you have to be consistent. You can't just post because you feel like it. 
and then go three months because the video didn't do well because you're a new YouTuber, so you're not going to get a bunch of views on a video if you don't have any subscribers. But if you keep posting, eventually people will find you and eventually you are going to start getting subscribers. And I mean, we were, we've been pretty consistent for the past, yeah. you know, eight or nine years now. And so I think that that's the number one thing is you have to actually want to do it and you have to want to put energy into making videos if that's for YouTube, or you have to want to put energy into making a podcast or I don't know, Instagram, I guess, if you want to just like grow your audience on there. If you keep taking breaks, then people might think you're gone and they're like, okay, never mind. Yeah, I think another important thing is to make sure you're pro promoting yourself across all of your platforms. So I personally don't use Twitter that much, but I used to try and use Instagram to notify my audience like when I post a new video or if there's a new podcast to try and get people to watch or listen that way. I'm curious, since you guys are doing all of this stuff on your own, how many hours a week are you spending on this? Hmm. I don't know. I feel like it's not. I should start logging my hours. I really sometimes. should. <laughs> I really sometimes don't know. Let's see. I feel like, like it depends because there's been times where during undergrad, we might get together with our cousin Maggie and record. Like sometimes we would do four or five videos and then that would get us through like a month or just past a month. And so that day of recording might take, you know, five, five hours. hours or something to do those videos. And then Editing each video, I would say, takes anywhere from maybe like two to four plus hours. Yeah. Um, so if we've been really on top of it, like we would go record in bulk and then we would focus on, like we would focus editing during days of our week where we didn't have that much going on or we didn't have as many exams. And so that way, if we could really plan ahead, which didn't always happen, then we would like be done with the YouTube stuff for a while and we could just focus on school and then we like keep repeating the process. Um, I think for our personal channel though, since we vlog so often, that's been really helpful because we don't have to make time for a vlog. We just kind of pull the camera out whenever we can. And editing that is pretty simple too. I think editing a vlog probably takes like an hour max. And, and then, then podcasting podcast. maybe takes an hour or two to record. And then we try to edit as we go. So that doesn't take like a huge time commitment. So I feel like, I mean, there's been nights too where like it's Monday night and our video goes up Tuesday and Sierra has to. That's what I just did me. yesterday. <laughs> um, we have to like stay up and get the video up. But I don't know. We kind of like that is kind of our hobby. So I feel like uh, Sierra throws on a movie or I will throw on a movie if we're like trying to edit and like relax a little bit at the same time. And I feel like that's just like how we wind well, down. I would like say a time for like each week. I don't know, like five hours. A week? I was gonna say ten. <laughs> I don't know. See, like. It's not that much though. Let's get yeah. five yeah. or 10 yeah. hours a week. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's really good. Especially working together. Cause that partnership, like if Sarah, <laughs> if Sarah didn't reach out to me and DM me in, you know, this was two years ago in September, like this would not be possible if we were doing this by ourselves. And I bet you guys can do the same of like, if one of you, you know, really needs to, to study and get something done and then just like someone edits, it just, it works well. Totally. Yeah. I'm excited for you both to start PT school. I don't even have any other questions. I'm just amazed at both of you. Like, <laughs> yeah. How's your online classes going? Oh, What's that been like? oh okay. I question back at us. Gabby, you go first. <laughs> so let me backtrack to spring semester. And that was my last, well, I'll say second to last full didactic of PT school. And it was definitely really interesting, uh, more of clinically reasoning uh, classes and moving through, you know, we're not at the introductory level anymore. We're, we're getting to uh, clinical rotations yeah. and uh, towards the end. So I really enjoyed them. For me, when I switched to online, it was really hard for me to focus because, you know, it was only a few weeks left and I just wanted to get through it and be on break. 
um, although we we were just staying home during this time. But yeah, I would say the transition was a struggle, not gonna lie. And you know, I wish we could have been in person and ended things differently, but it was just something that we couldn't control. Yeah, and for all the people listening who are pre-PTs and they're like, what the heck is didactic? Uh, that oh. just means in class, like mm-hmm. lecture and labs. Like, yes. Yeah. It's supposedly in person, obviously we're not right now, but during clinical rotations, you often still have like one class online, depends on how your program's set up. But yeah, this was supposed to be for both Gabby and myself, our last didactic semester ever, but (laughs) uh, with missing a bunch of labs, like, you know, the 33,000 other PT students in the country right now who also missed that lab time, the hands-on time that's required before your clinicals. I have to make that up. So Gabby finished all hers before things went online. (laughs) And I have six weeks, uh, about 30 hours a week, two to three practicals a week. Uh, I have to make up before I go on clinicals. So yeah, (laughs) along with so many other students listening right now, they're like, yes, I relate to that because it's a lot, um, especially with like musculoskeletal and stuff. So I think the transition online itself, the worst part isn't that it's online or asynchronous or like not during the normal class time. I think the worst part is just that there's a lot of stuff to make up and a lot of stuff to be sure you're still on top of with your hands-on skills that maybe you can't practice with your parents. I don't know about you guys, but, or older grandparents, you're not going to do a spinal manipulation on them at home. And so you don't have like young, healthy people necessarily to practice on anymore. But yeah. (laughs) So how is clinical stuff? working as far as, I mean, are there still a lot of PT places that are open or I don't know, I guess I just don't really know what's going on for those that have to start their clinical rotations. Good question. (laughs) Yeah, Gabby, what did you miss out on? So right now, uh, so I missed out, my program has a pro bono clinic and luckily we, we were able to transition to telehealth online. So we still saw our patients, which was great, although it was different, but honestly, you know, as we're, as we're going through this pandemic and, you know, different states start to open up different phases, we've just heard from PT, a lot of PT students that, you know, their clinical is canceled completely, especially if they are in a hospital um, setting, because most likely they're not taking students right now. And they just have to make it up and like tack on additional weeks to their, you know, their last clinicals or it's delayed and you don't start. So say if you have an eight week clinical and it's shortened to four weeks. So there have been a lot of situations like that. And it's just a lot of unknowns because your clinic can be open one day and then close because someone, you know, tested positive. So there's different things for me. I go on my clinical in July, so we'll see, we'll see what happens right now. It's, it sounds good. That's good. Well, I'll hope that everything works out. Yeah. It'll be an adventure. Gabby's dog is like coming in now. <laughs> That's her cue. <laughs> uh, Missy's always so cute on the video. But I do have a question I thought of that I forgot to ask you guys. So on YouTube, we actually have a lot of people who want to start like PT school vlogs, right? Because they see there aren't many out there, but they also want to have some kind of income during PT school. So how have you guys been able to make any money off of YouTube and what kind of tips would you have to someone who's thinking about that? Yeah. So I think that one, when you're first starting, like the money is very 
slow coming. So I wouldn't like bank on being like, oh, I'm gonna like make a quick buck by putting up some vlogs. I think it takes time to build up an audience to like see actual like return on your investment. I would um, also say, so if you're starting to grow your YouTube channel, like you definitely also want to try and promote like yourself on Instagram and like you want to try and kind of push people there too, because if you start getting maybe potential brands interested in working with you, if you're open to doing sponsorships, like Instagram's probably going to pay more based on like your followers than like however many views your video gets, but also like working with people um, who want to sponsor your vlogs, like not to say like that's easy, but that's going to be like where you get most of your money. And like when me and Sierra work on Megan and Sierra, that's when we start earning like more money than we would just for views. Yeah. So AdSense is what you get paid based off of views. Those are like the ads that play before YouTube video. You get, you get paid based on how many people see those ads or click on them. And then sponsorships that are integrated into the video, you get paid more for doing that because you're working directly with a brand. So if you're interested in having sponsorships, they like need to have a way to reach out to you. So put in like a business email that you make, maybe just for potential businesses to reach out to, put that in your description, um, link that on your Instagram profile so that people can reach out to you in that way. You at least see what offers you might have coming in if you are consistently growing an audience. Um, that's what I would suggest. Very cool. Good tips because a lot of people are like, oh yeah, it's going to be a quick dollar on YouTube. And we know that it's not. <laughs> so let's just <laughs> dispel that myth right now. <laughs> and I like how you pointed out with the sponsorships, like same with Gabby and I, you know how the, are you guys using anchor for your podcast? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you see how the sponsorships work on there too. And you can do the same thing with an external sponsorship, which is what Gabby and I do. So say you have like a 30 second ad for some other outside person that reached out to you through Instagram, which great pro tip, because honestly, that's where we get most people reaching out. Mm -hmm. which is crazy to me because that's not the first thing you think of when you mm -hmm. like go on Instagram. But yeah, and then they pay per month or whatever for you to run that 30 second ad in a podcast or YouTube channel. So good pro yeah. tips. I like it. And last question, unless Gabby, you have one. No, go ahead, Sarah. Okay. So since you guys are about to start PT school, I know the process of like a pre-PT basically is a struggle. What biggest piece of advice, just one, one for each of you, one piece of advice you'd give to a pre-PT right now. Oh, this is <laughs> difficult. One thing that I would say to someone, if you have I guess something. <clears throat> what I would maybe say is, this is just because, like, for me personally, I think that my grades were, like, and my GPA were, like, my strongest part of my application. Like, I would say make sure you're focusing on school a lot and you're not just, like, trying to hopefully raise your GPA with classes in the future. Like, do whatever you can with the classes you're in to put yourself in a good position once you do like go to apply to grad school. I would say my biggest piece of advice would be to remember your why, because I know sometimes when you're taking your classes, it can kind of ground yourself and be like, this is the end goal. I'm trying to think. I think that was all the questions I had. Yeah. The last one. Yes. For people who want to reach out to you, what is the best place? I'd say probably Instagram is where you have the easiest time contacting me. So mine is at Sierra underscore Joe, C-I-E-R-A. That's how you spell it. Yeah, my Instagram is at Megan underscore Marie 32. And I always check my Instagram DMs. Um, so I respond to questions pretty frequently. So if that's how people might want to reach out to me, then that would be a good place to do it. Awesome. Thank you ladies so much for coming on. And we appreciate you talking all about this and we can't wait uh, for you guys to start PT school soon. Yeah, thanks yeah, for thank having you us. so much. It was fun. Of course.
Thanks for listening to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our Instagram and Facebook page linked in the description. Looking for a gift for a friend, classmate, professor, co-host of a podcast, or really anyone? Physio Memes got your back with apparel, drinkware, and home decor. And if you go to physiomemes.com, you can get a 20% off coupon with the code gratitude, spelled G-R-A-D-I-T-U-D-E-2020. And don't forget to check out his social media for a good study break laugh. As always, make life humorous.